Hello and welcome to Sobriety Elevated, the podcast that is committed to empowering you in your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Join us now for the next episode. We hope you create an incredible experience. Let's get the show started. Welcome to another episode. We're glad you're here. Kevin Thole with my co-host, Jim Pakonan. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening. Kevin, I was thinking, what if in today's episode, we explored some of the reasons that recovery fails? I think that's an extremely important topic to talk about, for sure. Yeah, because we can be rah, rah, rah all the time. Yet, what would it be if, if you can kind of begin to get some early warning signs that your sobriety is in, in trouble? So today we have a number of items that we're going to talk about. I have four written down, but that doesn't mean that as we talk, we may think of another one. And if you're listening, as you listen, you are the best one to identify what are the things that could potentially put your sobriety in danger? The four we're going to talk about today, the first is, is that you're not in alignment with your sobriety or your recovery. The second is when you get into it, you spread yourself so thin that the pressures of life cause a relapse. The third is that what if recovery was developing a zone of genius and you are not in that zone fully? And the last one is identifying your threats to your sobriety. So Kevin, which one of those would you like to start with? Uh, I think talking about spreading yourself too thin is a big one that um, I can relate to. I know that for me, as a guy, you know, whatever, I've got a, a lot of, most everybody's got a lot of stuff going on. I have a young kid. I have a job, obviously, with my business that keeps me pretty busy. And then I have a lot of recovery stuff that I do. And I think one of the biggest risks that can happen is if you overcommit to things, it can overwhelm you to where then you kind of just say, you almost just say, screw it, you know, and I'm not going to... Um, not going to deal with it anymore. Right. So I think that making sure that you're really intentional about your schedule and, and what you're committing to is extremely important. Like for me, I have certain meetings that I go to each week, certain recovery things, certain calls that I make every single week, certain times of the day, things that I do that I make sure that I stay disciplined with that because if I spread myself too thin, probably one of the first things that's going to suffer is my recovery activities. Exactly. You know, we get caught, up in, get caught up in that whirlwind where all of a sudden we're so busy whether it's work, family, anything. And all of a sudden it's like, I can skip this meeting or I can skip doing this reading or this prayer or whatever it is that you do for your recovery. And then it gets put on the back burner and then it may not happen right overnight. You know, most people that I hear about relapsing, it didn't happen like, oh, I missed a meeting yesterday and so I relapsed tomorrow. It's something that, that happens over time. And I think one of the biggest things that I've learned that you've, you've helped me learn too, Jim, is being able to say no to things. Yep. 
and making sure that I'm not spreading myself too thin. You know, I had somebody ask me in business that wanted to meet with me and talk and, and, and go over a lot of things. And I just had to say no, because I don't have the time right now. Right. And sometimes you feel selfish and you feel rude, but you have to do that because if you don't put your recovery first, you can get into trouble. And I know if I don't have recovery, I don't have anything. Exactly. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, all the other things are secondary for sure for me. And one of the things that you said earlier, I want to kind of highlight a little bit. Because when you're spread too thin, you use the word overwhelm. Oftentimes, people in recovery, when they get in overwhelm, they fall back on that pre-sobriety solution. And what was that pre-sobriety solution? <laughs> It was, it was their addiction. Drug of choice, yeah. yeah, the drug of choice, because that's what you used. And it literally takes a year for you to really recalibrate the mind, rewire your thinking to when you get into overwhelm. You do maybe some of those hippy-dippy things, right? Breathing deeply, take a break, take a walk. Do the things that are not going to put your recovery at risk that are going to actually bring you back to a space of, I don't want to say normalcy, but I'll say normalcy because that's the first word that pops into my mind. So Kevin, when you notice that you're spreading yourself too thin, how do you see that and then what do you do? It's something that I can just kind of sense whenever I start to maybe get an anxious feeling because I have so many things to do. And I like to just kind of, normally I call somebody that I trust and talk to them, talk through it. And then I, I try to make, you know, prioritize my day or my life, really. I mean, recalibrate it to know, okay, what's, what do I, you know, what do I have to do? What are things that I, I need to make sure that I do? And then what are things that I could maybe cut out? It's something that's kind of like a, a moving thing every day because, you know, there are some days when I can handle more than I can handle on other days. Right. And I just have to be aware of it. And that's where self-awareness and making sure that you're, uh, you know, you're really just checking yourself every day. Yep. You know, whether that's with quiet time in the morning or in the evening, whenever, whenever I kind of plan my day, I just look and take a breath and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? What can I cut out? What's, you know, extremely important? What maybe isn't? And just making sure that, um, you know, that I'm aware of it. That's brilliant. So what I'm hearing, do you actually have time, it sounds like, in the morning and in the evening? Or you create time in the morning and the evening to where you do some reflection so you can actually, you are on the pulse of your being to make sure that you don't get overwhelmed. Yeah, and a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time for that. But for me, it frees up so much time. You know, this is something that they taught me in treatment, um, you know, in the morning taking time and in the evening taking time, whether it's to prepare for my day and then to kind of review my day. And um, that's a very 12-step, you know, type thing. It's something that, that helps me because in the morning by doing that and really prioritizing things, I realize there are a lot of things that if I get caught up in the day, the, the day will overtake me. And then I'll be caught up in that whirlwind, like I said. So taking that little bit of time, and we're talking minutes. We're not talking 20 minutes, 40 I mean, this is a few minutes each right. morning. Yes. And just looking at my day and prioritizing it, it all of a sudden means, you know, there's, there's the saying, you know, I run the day, I don't let the day run me. In our recovery and in sobriety, we're, we're normally people whose brains go a little crazy. We're addicts. So it's yes. like, I need to have have time to calm things down and to 
to plan it. And so that's that's my key to each and every day is that morning and then that evening reflection. Because in the evening, whenever I look back, there are still times, by the way, where the day gets away from crazy things happen. But at the end of the day, when I look at it, I can learn from that for the next day. That's and I can, you know, also look at my day and see anything that I did that I need to, you know, apologize for or make amends for or do whatever that I need to do or I can I can make sure that I start out with a clean slate. That is brilliant because if you start every day with a clean slate and you do the prioritization, what happens is the next day you will notice that you're going to get some of those things done and some of those things that were not of a higher priority can then in the next day or two become a higher priority and they will get done. By doing that, you are not going to mentally spread yourself too thin, so you are going to keep strong in your recovery. This is going to kind of lead to the next one, which is really identifying the threats to your sobriety. When I say identify the threats to your sobriety, I want you to think back, Kevin, to your early recovery. What comes up? I mean, the threats early on were... For me, people, places, and things. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it was like, so in other words, some of the biggest threats were if I, you know, I came out of treatment, if I just tried to go back to that exact same life that I had before and went to the same places, talked to the same people, and did the same things, I eventually would end up doing the same things, you know, yeah. the same activities. I'd start drinking and using again. Yeah. So for me, early on, and, and even still now, you know, it's making sure that there's certain things that I don't do, certain places I don't go. There's still certain people I really don't um, talk to or associate with anymore. And it's just, um, it, it's making sure though, you know, I think you said the word, you know, identifying them. And so everybody has different ones. Yes. But like, I think that the key is to making sure that we identify them where we're aware of them. Whether if you're, if you're here and you're just barely you know have a few days of sobriety or you're not even having any days of sobriety and you're trying to plan for sobriety sitting down and thinking you know what what does trigger you what you know where do you use the most what what causes you to use things like that and then trying to uh trying to fix those things and you know you can't just live your life avoiding all of these things all the time you know you have to do some healing and things like that to to get over it well but at and first sometimes all you can do is avoid it and the healing work is critical because in the coaching that I do, the healing work will literally free your mind up from the torture you create for yourself that literally leads to the numbing behavior, which we call addiction. And you're right. I, I actually loved what you said, Kevin. If you are pondering sobriety yeah, and get... thinking about it, sit down and write out all of the triggers that cause you to use. Because when you see them, you can begin to do the work to understand where your pain lives. And the more work you do to understand where your pain lives, literally the easier, and I say that with air quotes because there's nothing easy about sobriety. Sobriety is tough. The recovery process is tough. Yet the more you understand, you can do tough. There's that old thing that says you've survived every single thing that has occurred to you up to today. So the chances of you actually creating 
a solution are pretty good. And when you put your energy towards it and when you focus on it and when you can identify the threats to your sobriety, you literally in the knowing those threats minimize and you actually have more power to stay sober and to create a recovery plan that works. I agree completely. I know for me, you know, as that process has has taken place, there's a lot of things that were a threat early on that aren't a threat now. People still drink around me. People do all of that now. We're at the beginning. I wouldn't even be around it. Right. Um, and now it's still, I have to be wise and, and, you know, all of that and be very, uh, be very proactive with, with making sure that I'm not in bad situations and things like that. But as you go, as you grow in your recovery and in your sobriety, it gets a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, well, sure. I, I can actually think of a fifth thing here, right here, is that because I suspect you have a team that supports your recovery. Correct. Yeah, I definitely have a team, and not just a team like that's so, um, you know, proactive, or not just a team of people that are specifically for my recovery, but people that are even in my life that they understand it. And actually, you know, like right now, I'm actually on vacation with my family. And, I, I um, know, and thank you for taking time to record during vacation. Yeah definitely it's extremely important and so we they'll go out we'll go out to dinner and a few of them drink and early on they wouldn't do that and now they ask you know hey if, if I have a drink does it bother you this that and the other so the people that I'm around that I spend time with support me to where they wouldn't do anything that's going to jeopardize my sobriety or my recovery I think that the people that you surround yourself with are extremely important so I have those people that aren't necessarily like people that encourage my recovery and my sobriety I have a team of them too people that are in my the recovery community with me um, and that's who I call, you know, if something, if my head starts getting a little crazy, I call those people and they help me. But I think that understanding, you know, that's true sobriety, but then also understanding things that are going to help your recovery and putting yourself around those people and those things are extremely yes. important too. Exactly. And, and one thing I want to emphasize, if you're listening to this, it's not like you have to go out and tell everybody, okay, you're on my recovery team. You're on my recovery team. Right now I have a client that he is in a goal of 30 days of no drinking and he just went on vacation. So his in-laws, this is an issue and he's on day five, still clean and sober. And all he did was tell everybody, I am going from, from the middle of this month to the middle of next month and I am not drinking told me, he says, what he found is he was shocked, he says, because everybody is okay with that. So he says, all of a sudden, he has created a team without even like asking, you know, okay, are you guys all going to support me? He just said, this is what my, what I'm doing. And they all, they all agreed. So sometimes know that it can be that easy to get support for people around you for short term, which if you can succeed short term, you can succeed long term. So another reason that I think is the question that you need to ask yourself is if you are in recovery and are choosing sobriety, is your life in alignment with that choice? And when I say in alignment, are the activities that you're doing 
strengthening and supporting your recovery process. I, what I hear when you say that is your recovery coming first. Yes. And, you know, instead of before my life was planned around using drinking and all that, like I would figure out my day based on using and drinking to where now my life is in alignment because my priority and all of my goals and my everything that I have is in alignment with recovery, meaning that my recovery uh, it comes first. It's, it's part of my life every single day. It's not just kind of something on the back burner. It is like part of my life and my first priority every day is staying sober, staying clean and doing the right things. So all of my activities and things like that are in alignment with that. That is brilliant. Now, the last one that we want to talk about is what if you actually, and this is, this isn't that far off from the one we just talked about. What if your life, what if recovery became your zone of genius? Said another way, what if living the recovery process, you mastered that? And I left this one for last because, Kevin, you are an individual that I will say you are mastering your recovery. As you master your recovery, in the wake of that is an incredible relationship with your wife and daughter, an amazing and blossoming relationship in your community and your work, you are just being more successful than you ever have been. And I'm going to say because you are in your zone of genius in your recovery. Yeah, and it's like a broken record almost, but it comes back to recovery coming first. For me, for sure, the recovery coming first, you know, and you said, I, I do, I, I'm confident. I, I have a humility in my sobriety and my recovery, but I have some confidence in it too. It's a healthy amount of confidence, not a not an ego level of confidence, but knowing that if I do the right things, if I do this, then the outcome is this. Meaning if I do the right things, the outcome is the right outcome. And so for me, it's been a trickle down effect with the relationship with my wife, within my business, with my daughter, with my really everybody around me, my relationship my everything has gotten better because I'm doing the right things on the front end. And so kind of once you get in the zone, as I like to kind of call it, getting in the zone of, of recovery. You've been listening to Sobriety Elevated. Understand, we are committed that you develop an empowered recovery. If you like what you hear, share this with your friends. Rate us. If you're on Facebook, Join us on the Sobriety Elevated podcast. Know that Kevin and I deeply appreciate that you're taking your precious time and listening to us. And we hope that your recovery is getting a little bit stronger as a result of you listening to this podcast. So we'd like to thank you for joining us. And we so look forward to seeing you in a future episode.